0: And today, I am also thankful for two of my dear friends that are joining me on the panel. Uh, I have here Kelly Van Arsdahl, who is the campus pastor at our Utah County campus. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. joining me today, as well as the lovely K'ulei Lee. She is joining me, and um, we're wrapping up our Freedom Series today. We've been talking about freedom from all kinds of things. Today, we're going to tackle three... Really, kind of sensitive, kind of delicate topics. And so, we we don't have a whole lot of time to go into them. We're not going to go too deep into these, but these are areas of injustice in the area of ageism which may be a new term to some of you, I'll explain that later, sexism and racism. And so we really want to talk about what does the Bible have to say about these things and how can we respond? So um, the other night we were sitting around the campfire um, just talking about just how unique God is and how God has made us all so individual and so special. Each and every person is a masterpiece. That's what the Bible says. And yet, some of these areas, ageism and racism and sexism, they tend to categorize people. Yeah. And, you know, there are cultural differences. I- I've traveled a lot all over the world, and there are specific cultural differences, Um And that's not really what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about discrimination and injustice as a result of these areas. And I have the dubious honor of talking about ageism, which may be a new term to you. What ageism is, is it's a form of discriminating against someone because of their age. Typically, this is in reference to people who are older, to the elderly, um, a lot of studies have shown that elderly people, as a result of elder abuse or uh, as a result of what they call invisibility, or mm-hmm. they talk about um, that that they just become unimportant, they become insignificant, and they say that that has a very debilitating effect on their health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know people joke about when they forget something they uh, they joke about oh, I'm having a senior moment. But, you know, I can look back and and when I was young, I don't remember ever saying, oh, I'm having a junior moment if I forgot <laughs> my keys or something. It's a, se- it's a senior mon- moment as if that was a derogatory thing. Um, sometimes they say things like, oh, she's 98 years young, as though getting to the age of 98 is not a huge accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, you know, sometimes... Uh, a lot of times in movies or on TV shows, they say, old man, as though that were a bad thing. But speaking of differences in culture, that's really a a very American thing. Uh, And Mm -hmm. in most cultures, many, many cultures, the aged or people who are older are worthy of respect. In America, we exalt youth. And now ageism can go the other way too. It can go the other direction. Um, I was... I was joking with Kelly the other night about um, how the millennials are are considered the punching bag generation. You know, all the other generations gang up on the (laughs) the poor millennials. But um, let's talk about what the Bible has to say. I I love this. Um, In Leviticus 19, verse 32, remember this, Kelly. It says, stand up in the presence of the elderly. Mm. Show respect for the aged fear your God. I am the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it says, here's a promise in Psalm ninety-two twelve. It says the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. I love this promise. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will m- remain vital and green. Now, this is talking about those who know the Lord. These are the promises of the Lord. And, uh, you know, I, I really understand this whole principle in, for example, in other cultures, they will take the parents in or take the grandparents in and they will, they will give them the opportunity to speak wisdom mm, yeah. to children. Um, in, our, in our culture, we try to silence those who are older, those who, yeah. and now the Bible does say that gray hair is a sign of wisdom. But of course we know that just because someone has gray hair does not necessarily make them wise. It says in Titus that old men or older men should earn respect. They should live lives worthy of being respected. Right. So it's not just like, just cause they have gray hair, um, that makes them wise. So I wanna say to those of you, um, maybe who have recognized in yourself that you've, uh, that you've discriminated against older people or that you just haven't seen them, that they're, they've just become invisible. Yeah. We are called to honor. The Bible calls us to honor all people. And um, to honor, the, the original word, means to put importance on, to place importance. So if you're a younger person, I just encourage you, seek out someone who's older, someone who's walked down that road further and has wisdom and they can and allow them to pour into you. And don't just assume just because they're old that maybe, you know, even though may, they may not be technologically savvy because you probably were born into a generation where you've never known a time without a smartphone or a laptop or whatever. But just because they may not be technologically savvy as you are, they have a lot to offer you. They have a lot of wisdom. And one of the goals, one of the, the things that I've been hoping for this year at the Adventure Church is that each and every person would not only seek a mentor, find someone who can pour into them, but also that each and every person would be pouring into someone else in the next generation. You know, the Bible says that we will declare the faithfulness of the Lord to the next generation. That's one of the responsibilities that we have. Um, And I also want to say to those who are older, 1 Timothy 4, 12 says, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Kelly, you may, I don't know if you've ever... (laughs) Yeah,
1: that resonates a little bit. Does
0: that resonate? (laughs) (laughs) Be an example. Well, this is, here's here's the mandate. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Now, you know, a lot of times people think that just because someone may be a little younger that they're disqualified. Right. But I just even read just this morning, it says, out of the mouths of babes and infants, I will ordain my praise. We can learn a lot even from little kids. Right. Jesus told us that. He said, unless we change and become like them, we can inherit the kingdom of heaven. Wow. So to those of you who are older, please don't discredit younger people. They can speak into your lives, although the Bible does Clearly say, if you do want to rebuke an older man, do it with respect as a father. Um, But to everyone, this is what the Bible says. Romans 12, 9, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong, which God hates. God hates discrimination. God hates he hates when we, uh, are, when we belittle other people and when we don't honor other people. It says, hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And here, I love this. Take delight in honoring one another. I just think that's such a good word for us to remember to put that importance and significance in each and every individual. No matter how different they are from us, no matter if they are of a different uh, political persuasion, a different religion, uh, maybe a different generation, or they speak a different language, the word of God calls us to take delight in honoring other people. So I just, uh, I hope that clears up a couple of things about the ageism, Um, you know, we, it can go, it can go a number of different ways, but the word of God is clear that we are called to honor everyone. And so I've asked Kelly, uh, he's kind of a bit of an expert, I think on the area of, um, not because he lives this lifestyle, but he <laughs> <laughs> he has studied a lot about sexism. And particularly sexism within the body of Christ and in the in the church. So I'm going to turn it over to Kelly. Uh, if you have any thoughts about the ageism that you want to share, go for it. Otherwise, launch into your...
1: Well, I guess the only thought I'd have is, is as a younger person, generation and as someone of the participation award generation and <laughs> token, you to- I didn't know I left it oh, on man. The, the token millennial on the pastoral team. I think one thing it can go the opposite way is sometimes as a, as a younger person, you feel like the older generation has a disconnect mm. and you kind of push away or, you know, like that's the way you did it, but it doesn't work for us. And as I've matured and grown and become a little bit more on the, I turned 31, you know, I'm much more older
0: yes. and wiser. see some gray hair. Yeah, it's,
1: I need a haircut. Um, <laughs> I've learned about just how wise the council was as I was younger. And, mm. and I, I would have went through a lot less pain yeah, if I would have sure. been like, wow. Yeah. Like instead of just dismissing and thinking mm. that's just what the other generation mm. did to really mm. hold tight. Yeah. to that. And so that, that's, that's right. as you were speaking, I just was like, man, totally. So as a younger person and younger people out there, just hold tight to that wisdom yeah, and don't good. dismiss it so quickly because it's, it's, it's real there and, and it'll really help you. So
0: yeah, that's good. good work, Thank
1: you. On that note. Um, yeah. So sexism, um, again, this is something just like Aism, it affects everybody. Uh, this is, you know, both, both genders deal with this in one way or another, whether that be a, a false presupp- uh, presupposition of masculinity or, mm, yep. or, or how it can oppress people and things like that. And, and, and one thing I in my quick time here I want to address in particular is just how it can be so oppressive yeah. in, in the church and even outside of the church. And the first verse I want to just kind of give an umbrella for is Galatians 3.28. It says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, Neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And that's not dismissing the distinctiveness of gender, mm-hmm. but it's dismissing that in Christ there is one. And that is, we are all one in Christ. And I think that is a great umbrella to remember, that there isn't this hierarchy within within Christ, right? We are all one, whether you're Jew or Gentile. And if you think about it, the Jews had this kind of superiority complex, right, to the Gentiles. And and the same thing we see in the culture of, of gender. And and so one thing that the, the Bible really teaches is it dismisses that, that hierarchical perspective and, and says, you are all one in Christ. And one way that i've seen this taught in scripture probably the greatest is 1st uh, timothy 2:11 and this is part of that great controversial passage of yeah. verses 11 through 15 mm-hmm. but i find the most fascinating part of this passage is that in verse 11 we see the only command it's what's it's the imperative case mm-hmm. if you're familiar with the cases and that means it's the only command in that passage. And it says a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. And I think the word should there is, is taken kind of light. The, the Greek there is more of a must. A woman must learn in mm-hmm. quietness and submission. And you first kind of dismiss that in our context, right? Yeah. Like, of course, we're in a, we live in a culture where everybody has the opportunity to learn. Right. But if you put yourself in a first century context of the Mediterranean world, that would have been the greatest controversial statement of Paul in mm-hmm. all of that passage. Mm-hmm. That a woman someone who was property who was just slightly above a status of a slave who really only had the opportunity to learn just enough to teach and instruct their sons until their fathers could come and, and instruct to have the command to learn is a is a huge command mm-hmm. and that is to be used and we see the, the writer of Hebrews even in Hebrews 5 he He really goes after the audience and says, boy, you guys should be teachers, Mm -hmm. but you're still stuck in this milk when you should be eating meat. And so there is this great command where we should all be learning and absorbing and and being able to be equipped and taught. And that's male and female, Mm. right? And so the passage there was really attacking that that cultural concept that women should not learn. And it is lifting it up and honoring them to the same level as the men to say, learn so that you can teach. Mm, and that is good. the command there. That's good. And we that's see a good. great example in John, 40, uh, John 4, 28 through 30. Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar, that's the Samaritan uh, woman yeah. at the well. Mm-hmm. And you see this exact lesson taught with, G- with Jesus. So the Samaritan woman comes, the, a rejected woman of a rejected nation. He instructs her. He yeah. teaches her yeah. who he is. Right. And then get what he says this. So, so this is what the woman does. She says, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. So not only did she learn who the Messiah was, she then went and taught and told who the Messiah was. And and you think about it, this is so early in Jesus's ministry. This is the first time he really publicly reveals himself. And it's through this woman, someone who is a reject of the rejected nation, yeah. someone who would have been dismissed as property or, or even subject to, to, to their fathers and husbands. And, and she's the one that Jesus chose to reach this little town in Samaria, which That's was good. ripe for the harvest when Philip goes and acts, right? Mm-hmm. And so we see this real honoring of, of women, of men, all on this equal platform of, yeah. of I, I did a sermon on this, United Inequality, And we need to remember that when we talk about gender is that we are united in equality on the same leveling under Christ where God has given us all the opportunity to learn and then go and preach and teach and and share this good news that we've learned.
0: So good. That's so good. Thank you. Thanks, Kelly. Well, uh, K'ule, I've asked you... I think this could be actually a series. Um, Kule. I've asked her also if she would do a complete message on, on racism. Um, but for today, we're just going to kind of barely scratch the surface. But uh, Kule, tell us some of your thoughts about what the Bible has to say about racism and discrimination.
2: Okay, thanks.
0: Great job, Kelly. You know, I was thinking even the Samaritan woman, not mm-hmm. even being a woman, but
2: being a Samaritan, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. ties in to the whole Mm-hmm idea of racism. You know, when I uh, pondered the matter of racism and uh, how we would be set free from racism, it really took me to, I had to be quiet and I had to pray. Mm -hmm. And not because I don't think um, racism exists, because just like ageism and sexism, it's a pervasive way of thinking in our society today, unfortunately. But as Christians, you know, as believers in Christ, it should be a no-brainer, really. Shouldn't it? Yep. So, you know, I thought, okay, Lord, I'm going to come at this from the point of us as believers. Mm-hmm. And so today I'm just going to, you know, if we, if we love God and love people and we read his word mm-hmm. and we follow the examples of Christ, we should be able to see everyone the way he does. Mm-hmm. But do we? Yeah. And so today I'm just going to take a really, a few minutes to uh, speak to three thoughts. And the first thought is why, especially as believers, do we need to be set free from racism? Mm. Now, if someone were to come up to you and, you know, not even that blunt question, who's going to ask you if you're a racist, right? right. <laughs> no one's going to say that. Right. But maybe in a personal conversation that we might be having with friends, people mm-hmm. that we trust, if someone says to you, oh, do you struggle with, you know, racist thoughts sometimes? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. do you sometimes uh, have prejudice, pre- prejudice in your, in your heart? Mm-hmm. Again, as Christians, we're like, well, of course not. You know, yeah. of, course I, of course I don't. Right. But if we really are honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. and if we really allow God to search our hearts, I think that some of us would find that we have struggled mm-hmm. with racist thoughts or that we do struggle with racist thoughts. And remember, this is a time where we're, we're here today just talking about God's heart yes. and all these matters. Yes. We're not here to point fingers and we're not here to be accusatory. Mm-hmm. We're here to point out the human condition. Yep. And today it happens to be these three isms. Um, But if we're honest with ourselves, I think some of us have struggled in the past with it, even even as believers Mm -hmm. in Christ. So racism in its purest form is born out of pride, arrogance, Mm -hmm. hatred, prejudgment, sometimes ignorance. Mm -hmm. And so therefore we realize racism is a heart issue and therefore it is sin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And this can happen for a number of reasons. It could be where we were raised, you know, It could be in the South where slavery was, you know, there for what, 200 plus years. It was Mm -hmm. a way of life. Mm -hmm. And that is just the way that blacks were looked at Mm -hmm. um, as less less than dogs, Mm -hmm. you know? It could be your parental, your parental way of thinking, you know, your parents might've raised you that way because that's the way they were raised. And it's the ideology that you were raised with. It could be an organization that you're affiliated with. Mm -hmm. And it also could be just friendships that you, friends that you look up to and want to keep those. And they have those ideas and you don't want to buck up against those. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these are just different ways that we can be predisposed to racism. Mm -hmm. James 2, 1, and then in verse 4 says, My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? Mm. And then verse four says, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Mm. Mm. And that's really convicting, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think in any of these areas, but especially in racism, you know, when we don't necessarily speak what we're thinking. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to encourage everyone to allow the Holy Spirit, to just search our hearts into those deep recesses and see where we might be off base. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondly, my second thought is, what are some of the pervasive racial and cultural biases and lies that people believe? We may not see ourselves as superior to another race, but there are a lot of stereotypes Mm -hmm. that have gotten perpetuated over time. So we have a lot of jokesters in our family, my son being one of them. (laughs) his friend Art being another one of them, (laughs) and we could spend hours just, I mean, they're awesome. I love them, and there's not a racist bone in their body, but we could go hours just doing those stereotypes. So, I'm not here to judge anyone who, we can be, we can have jokes about those kinds of things, you know, and we can laugh at ourselves, right? We can laugh at ourselves, but I'm just going to, and please, as you're listening Allow the Lord, this is not, again, to point fingers at anybody, but these are some of these, these, some of these stereotypes that can lend itself to thinking a certain way mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. a culture or a race, okay? So, I can't dance. I'm white. <laughs> Does anybody watch So You Think You Can Dance? That well, will prove you wrong. I break that wrong. one. <laughs> <laughs> or even better, well, of course you can dance. You're black. Uh-huh. My dad couldn't dance, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh. Um And again, for anyone who's been hurt by any of these or who, you know, allow these things not to hurt you any further, Mm. but just, we're just um, shedding light on some of these stereotypes that people think and that are wrong. They're not meant to hurt you any further. Some people think this way Mexicans are really hard workers, they'll do the work we don't want to do. Or on the opposite. And you told me a joke about this, right? Uh, How a comedian said both sides. (laughs) No, no. You said you can't have it it both ways. Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny because I had come up with the opposite that I've heard. Mm -hmm. Um, Mexicans are just lazy. They want to cross the border and not pay taxes. And I know that sounds really hurtful, but some people feel that way. It's true. Some people feel that way, especially in today's political climate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and we have to take each person. Who God created them to be, and not generalize mm-hmm. them. Some people feel this way. Um, most Black people feel like they're owed something because of slavery. Mm-hmm. Some people do feel that Black people feel that way, um, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. White people are so entitled; they think they deserve everything mm-hmm. that comes from people of color who've maybe been on the wrong end of, mm-hmm. you know, being put down. Mm-hmm couple more, Native Americans drink and gamble all day. Very mm-hmm. unkind, but mm-hmm. people do think that way. Mm-hmm. And all Asians do martial arts. That's kind of a funny one. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, if we, if we put Asians in that category, right. you know, it's yeah. like we think we can't do it because they're, they're all of the masters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, these are some stereotypes. And if any of them hit home, you know, again, just let the Lord do something yeah. in your heart yeah. with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a little bit tougher one. How many of us walk down the street and we see a man of color, maybe a black or a Hispanic man walking towards us, and we cross the street because it makes us uncomfortable? We automatically think that they may be a gang member or a drug mm-hmm. dealer. You know, this has happened before. Or turning things around. How many people of color, because of their preconceived ideas, will not further a relationship with someone who's white, right? Mm -hmm. Or they won't have a a conversation when they're out in public, or they won't even look them in the the eye because of their preconceived ideas. So it goes both ways. Discrimination doesn't go towards people of color. It can also be reverse discrimination as well. Philippians 4.8 says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, there's that word again, and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That's God's heart for us for one another. When we when we see a people, a person that is doesn't look like us, let's not automatically go to the stereotypes or what we have been taught. Mm -hmm. We think the best. And the third thought, you guys, lastly, what is God's heart on the matter? What does his word say? And I'm just going to read a few scriptures. I'm not going to say much. I just want you to let God's word speak to your heart on this. This is what God has to say. Romans 2.11, for God does not show favoritism. Mm -hmm. Acts 10.34, I see very clearly, this is Peter said this, that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. John 15, 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Mm -hmm. This is what God is telling us, how we treat people of a different race, of a different age, of a different sex. Um, Philippians 2, 2 through 4. Excuse me, Romans uh, 12, 10, be devoted to one another. You said that one earlier. Mm -hmm. And uh, in love, honor one another and be above yourselves. And that's the thing that he calls us to do, to honor people above ourselves. And Philippians 2, 2 through 4 says the same argument. Then make my joy complete, says Jesus. Be like-minded, having the same love, one in spirit and of one mind. Can we be one in spirit and one mind with someone that, we, mm-hmm. that is different from us? That's what God's calling us to do. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, mm-hmm. not looking to your own interests, but to each of you, to, in, to the interests of the others. Mm-hmm. And just to finish up real quickly, may I say that this house, the Adventure Church, by the grace of God and to the glory of God, I see that we are walking in that. Thank God. Yeah. I mean, all of my friends here, I see them walking in love for people that walk through these doors, Mm -hmm. no matter what their race is, their culture, their age, their Mm -hmm. sex. I see it being lived out here, and I'm very proud and very thankful to be a part of this body. Mm -hmm. Amen. so that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg and of what God teaches us about racism.
0: Kule, would you uh lead lead a prayer of repentance for sure. anybody that may feel like, ooh, I, I think I've responded in some yeah. racist thinking sure. or maybe I've been kind of an ageist, either I've, I've dismissed young people or I haven't valued older people, or, um, you know, maybe I, maybe I am a a little bit of a sexist in some ways, either way too, this. I mean, I know a lot of women who just hate men, you know, and so it it isn't just men that are, that are holding women back, but would you lead us in a, in a quick prayer? I'd be, I'd be honored. Thank you. Ah,
2: oh, Father, thank you that you are um, a God of love, Lord, and you created each one of us in your image. We are all image bearers of who you are, God, mm-hmm. and there is no Greek, no Jew, no male, no female, no slave nor free, Lord. We are all one in Christ Jesus. So Lord, for those who have been convicted today in any of these three areas, God, your grace, your blood was shed for that, Lord. So I just ask any, anyone there who is, is convicted there that you could just now give these areas to the Lord, give yeah. these ways of thinking to God, that you would just lay them at his footstool. The word says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So anyone that struggles in these three areas, the blood of Jesus has been shed for you. you. And, and Lord, for anyone who has been hurt in any of these areas, mm-hmm. um, dare I say deeply wounded, Lord, the blood of Jesus has been shed for you. I just pray that his grace and his mercies and his healing would pour over the salves of those wounds today. So in either place, whether you've um, propagated these ideas or whether you've been a victim of these ideas, we thank you, Jesus, that you love each and every one of us and there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.